Everybody. Welcome to True Crime Squad. I'm Christy Brower, here with my sister, co-host, and partner in all things crime, Katie Weaver. Hey, Katie. Hello. How's it going on this oh. cold and rainy Monday morning? Yeah, it's kind of crappy out there, but good. So much, uh, man, so much going on in the true crime world, and oh I just woke up with a lot of things on my list this morning and hit it hard, and man. For once, I think daylight savings time is not going to completely kick my ass. I'm, I'm determined. <laughs> That's fine. Well, I, I don't think the fall one's near as bad as the spring one. Yeah, true. We got totally duped in Idaho because there for a while it was being reported on our news that Idaho had finally opted out of daylight savings time. Yeah. Well, guess what? That's not true. Yep. It's bullshit. We still we, have to. We thought it. we were done with this nonsense. We were so happy. But here we yeah. are. I'm so confused about it. I still don't understand because it was being reported as though it was a done deal. Turns mm -hmm. out it isn't. And uh, yeah, we still have to do it. So yeah, I recall even praising the Idaho legislature at one point, which if you know me, you know, I don't do uh, <laughs> for actually doing something decent for, you know, their own constituents. And it turns yeah. out, oh, no, they didn't. <laughs> so praise not Wait. deserved. Not at all. But we had so much to share today that we decided yeah. to do a true crime roundup because there are just a lot of stories that need an update, that need uh -huh. some information shared. Yeah. So we are going to get started right off with that. Katie is going to share with us some creepy crime. This following case is, I think, uh, the worst nightmare of a lot of visiting uh, nurses. And honestly, oh, our sister has done home health for years and I have worried about her safety for years for this very reason right here. Yeah, yeah. This guy right here is a violent sex offender mm. who apparently... Let's see. Let me find the right article here. I had a couple. This is Michael Reese. Okay. So Michael Reese is a violent sex offender who spent most of his life in either under arrest, in halfway houses and whatnot. He mm -hmm. uh, violently sexually assaulted and nearly killed a woman in mm. uh, a New Haven cemetery when he was 21. Ooh. So this happened in, in Connecticut. And he went in to prison. Yikes. Yeah, in a cemetery. He went to prison for 15 years, uh, which, of course, was only a portion of the sentence, but that's what he actually served. Then he was supposed to be transitioning back into the community. Uh, his rap sheet is unbelievable. So, again, in you know, in uh, when he was 21, he was arrested for the, the rape and attempted murder and since then he's been back and forth in and out of prison in and out of uh corrective uh you know custody in various ways and has just recently finally 
been moved to this house that is uh, specifically a halfway house for violent sex offenders to start transitioning them back into the community. Now, if all of that just seems like a real fucking oxymoron, I think so too. How? Why? Anyway, so we are transitioning him back into the community. Okay, well, he needed some kind of home health care. And so he had a nurse who was supposed to be there at his house on Saturday morning at 8 a.m. for an appointment that should have lasted eight minutes. Eight minutes. This must have been some kind of uh, like wound care or something, you know, or well, or maybe it was a shot. Uh, Who knows? But anyway, yeah, something quick. Uh, But she didn't see any of her other patients and wasn't Mm. answering her phone and her family was getting very nervous and they were pinging her phone at his address. So the police check in with his PO who says, no, his uh, ankle monitor has not been uh, tampered with. He should be there. So they go to the house and nobody answers the door or responds. So then the PO calls back a few hours later and says, actually, now the ankle monitor has been removed. So they go back to the house. Reese is there trying to sneak out the back door. So they arrest him. Uh, He is carrying the nurse's credit cards and debit cards, the key fob to her car, a crack pipe, and a small paring knife. Oh, my God. And they find her deceased in the basement. Oh, my God. Why? Why was this agency ever sending a woman alone to a violent sex offender's house? Right? Anyone alone. Anyone alone. Should not have to go to someone's house like that. That should be a two-person job always. I've heard things uh, from many home health workers that I know over the years that terrify me and many houses that I have felt like nobody's safe to go here. No one should be going here at all. Uh, I I understand people need health care, but the risk of somebody's life isn't worth it. That is not right. No, but these agencies, you know, they take the patients, they take the responsibility, and they send their employees out there, whether it's safe to do so or not. We've seen it so many times. Uh, well, and how often does the does the home health worker even know about the criminal history of this patient? Right. Good they question. They probably don't. Uh, a lot of times they probably don't. In this case, she probably did because this was a known halfway house and he had an ankle monitor. But still, sure. that is so terrifying. So he's not actually been charged yet. He's still being listed as a suspect in her murder. Uh, so I'm sure those charges will be forthcoming. But, of course, he's already in custody because, you know, cutting off his ankle monitor, having a crack pipe, having stolen property, you know, he did violate probation. So he's oh. he is in custody. So I'm sure they'll take their time to get all their ducks in a row before they fully charge him. But uh wanted to share what that. little consolation for her family. Right. Right. That does nothing for them. Nothing at all. So 
at any rate, it's lots and lots of love to her family. My God, she didn't deserve this. How horrifying. But the danger that our healthcare workers are in on a daily in so many capacities, I think, is not uh, really publicly recognized enough. And this is definitely one of those moments. So, it yeah. Is. In fact, wow. the, this story initially, I saw it because my uh, home health care worker sister-in-law shared it, who also is a yeah. nurse that goes in home. Mm. Yeah. Terrifying. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, Christy, with that, I'm going to kick it back over to you for a crime news update. Yes. There are some things going on in the Covenant shooter case that have me concerned, and I want to talk about that. If you recall, this is the case that happened in March of this year, I believe. Um, this was uh, a trans male shooter called Adrian Hale. Um, news everywhere continues to dead name and misgender this person. I'm not going to do that uh, for a lot of reasons. We're going to get to that. But this is Adrian Hale. This is actual footage from the school when the shooting occurred. This was at an elementary school. This was at a private Presbyterian school. So it was yeah. a school connected to a Presbyterian church. There were six victims, three teachers and three students. The students were nine years old. It's an absolutely heartbreaking case. It's hideous in everything that happened. And the things that I'm gonna talk about today are in no way meant to minimize what was done because there is no justification for shooting up an elementary school and shooting children and teachers. There isn't. No. But there's some things going on right now in this case that I find really, disconcerting so it's aiden not did i say adrian it's aiden sorry aiden yeah. hale yeah aiden hale of course left behind lots of writings and manifesto-y kinds of stuff like these shooters do yeah um that those writings have never been released to the public and that is unusual uh -huh. usually within a few weeks of a shooting like this this information is released yeah well, that is because uh, the parents, uh, the victims, are suing to keep the manifesto from being released. And recently, a um, a true crime show, I don't know what to call it because I'm not super familiar with it, nor am I, I'm not a supporter, but it's a show called Louder with Crowder. And this is a, like a right-wing true crime show. And of course they're uh, dead naming and misgendering this person all over town, which really bothers me, but they managed to get three pages of Aiden Hale's supposed manifesto. Uh, we're not going to show it because it's illegal to, to, for them to even have possessed those, let alone to have made them public. I will talk about a little bit about what's in them, but I'm not going to show the actual images um, because they're in some trouble for having them and for how they got them, which we don't know the well, answer to that yet. How disrespectful to the families of the victims. 
who are begging for these not to be released. Why? Okay, but I I don't agree with the parent with the parents in this situation. I don't. And we're going to talk about what their stance is and I get what their stance is, but their stance of course is, you know, don't glorify this person, which I don't think that the manifestos do. Mm-hmm. Although we have seen other shooters use them as fodder and we know that that's the big yeah. fear is that there will be copycats and using of them. But here's that be a good my... peek into their psyche too though. I mean, well, we have to do. learn from them. Well, here's the whole point. Law enforcement will learn from them. Mental health will learn from them. The FBI will learn from them. That will all happen. But do you know who really has the power to prevent these shootings? It's not law enforcement. It's not the FBI. It's not the mental health community. It is the family and friends of people who are building up to a shooting like this. It is the people who are the closest to these shooters, Uh the ones that are, you know, building to something right now because we know they are because we're, you know, pretty close to 600 mass shootings this year Uh in 2023. Lay people, regular old people like you and me, Uh need to know what these manifestos say because we need to know where was all of this coming from every one of these shooters have a lead-up story that if someone was paying attention or knew what they were looking at could have intervened yeah we've seen some good intervention lately Uh we've seen some zero intervention lately like in robert card but we've We've seen some foiled, um, you know, attacks as well because people saw what was being said and recognized it for what it was. Mm -hmm. We still seem to be erring on the side of protecting people's privacy, not taking people seriously, not thinking someone would actually do something like that when, in fact, it's happening every single day in the United States. Yeah. There are systems in place right now, you know, and we can talk about gun laws all we want, which is great. And I'm not going to say I'm against them. I'm not. However, that's not the only solution. And it's not even a solution that we have to wait to get. There is structure in place in the United States right now that if the information got to the right people and the right people actually took it seriously, could foil more and more and more of these shootings. Uh But that have to make the reports are the friends and family members of these shooters. They're the people who live with them. They're the people on their social media. They're, you know, the the kids they grew up with that they stay in contact with. Uh You know, they're, they're the people they work with. Like, when you go back and you look at the history of of shooters like Aiden Hale, Uh there were all kinds of red flags leading up including a message to uh, an old school friend. Yeah. Um, had any of that been identified sooner, we could have identified him. Yeah. Before these shootings happened. And I think that that's what we have to do. We're not getting any help from our government, guys. We're not. They're not doing anything. Uh-uh. So we as citizens have to do some things. And one of the things that we have to do is we have to read these hideous manifestos. Not because we like to, not because it's glorifying what they did, but it's because we need to understand where that person has built from in order to identify it in our own loved ones. And it's a horrible thought to think that your own child or cousin or friend from high school would go shoot up an elementary school. It's a terrible thought. But Uh, is it impossible? It is not impossible. Well, no, because it happens every day. 
Yeah. It's happening every fucking day. Uh Aiden Hale was a trans male living at home with very religious parents. Clearly indicates in some of the, the writings, a history of being bullied, a history of, um, you know, countering, trying to counter white supremacy, uh-huh. a, a history of homophobia in themselves, which is very dangerous for someone who is, who is LGBT. Uh-huh. Um, you know, that can be very dangerous if they are not allowed to be who they are. It, it can add to their own pathology. As sure. we know, we've seen, we see it all the time. Uh-huh. So I, I'm really concerned about it. And I, I understand what the, the, the victim's families, I get where they're coming from. I, I do. And it used to be that maybe we had the luxury to keep our heads in the sand and not know what these things, what, what these folks wrote uh-huh. and what led them to where they were coming from. But we don't anymore. We are in absolute crisis in the United yeah. States with these shootings. And, and if we know, if we arm ourselves with knowledge and understanding of how this starts in people and what are the things that they are saying and what are the things that they are doing leading up to something like this, we have the power to seek intervention within um, law enforcement and mental health. It already exists. Yeah. If someone is a risk of harm to others, mental health can get involved. Police can get involved. Some states have red flag laws or yellow flag laws. Those all can be enacted based on being a threat to yourself or someone else. And that information is not actually confidential. You ask any mental health professional, if a client tells you, I'm going to shoot my parents, Uh that mental health professional has an obligation to report that threat, at least to the parents, if not also to law enforcement. Yeah. But what we're seeing is lots of people go, you know, saying, well, I never thought they'd really do this. But then you see the things that they've been saying leading up to a mass shooting and you realize there are patterns here, guys. Uh There are all kinds of patterns that these shooters are following in their lives. They have significant trauma. They don't get help for their trauma. They act out violently. They make threats. They seek out weapons mm-hmm. and they're seeking them out legally because yeah. there's nothing stopping them from buying them in this country. Those are all red flags. Those are yeah. all indicators that someone is 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 building to something mm-hmm. and the building to something frequently is a mass shooting. Yeah. And I, I honestly believe it is wrong for the covenant shooters manifesto to not be released the public has the right and not just the right but the obligation to read it we all need to be reading these things and understanding these things because guys we're on our own out here it's pretty clear that there is no you know i would love for there to be a hotline through the fbi or some federal agency in which you can call and anonymously report someone in your life because uh-huh. they're making scary statements, they're amassing guns, their mental health is devolving, and and actually have someone give a shit. Yeah, come in and use the the, the laws we have right now yeah. to protect the community. We're not seeing it happen, and so we're no. going to have to create it ourselves. Uh-huh. And one of the ways that we create it is we need to read these stories. We need to understand the background of these shooters and we need to read their manifestos because there are words and language in them 
that we have seen before uh-huh. and that you may have heard come out of a loved one's mouth. Yeah. And there is a difference between having loyalty to someone that you love and protecting your community from someone who may shoot up an elementary school. Entirely. And this is this is a good example of that in that keeping this information private helps no one. Mm-hmm. I also question why this case, because there are so many mass shootings and generally the shooter's information comes out very quickly. Right. Why this case? Yeah. This case is connected True. to a church. It's a church school. This was an LGBT shooter. See, I've always had suspicions there that uh, maybe there was some abuse that had happened to the shooter while they were at that school. Now, right, this is some to- allegations made. Yeah, totally me just throwing um, out an opinion, but yeah. Now, this shooter was 28, mm-hmm. and this is an elementary school, so if they did go right. there, it was a long time ago. But it was a long still, time ago, yeah. Are there allegations of abuse? If there are, we need to know. We need right. to know. It's right. not an excuse for what they did. It is no, of course an not. excuse for what they did. But do schools need to understand that the kind of damage that bullying someone with no recourse has over time in their psyche that may build them to do something terrible? Uh Yeah. Schools do need to understand those things. We all need to understand those things. We cannot, as a populace, intervene if we don't know it's happening. And keeping these kinds of things a secret has been the standard way forever. Uh That that's how we make sure that, you know, nobody knows about allegations. There's no consequences for anyone. That's how it's done. Yeah, for sure. And it, so it does. It troubles me a lot. So this is a huge topic. I can't get into all of it, but this is the Covenant School shooting. This is Aiden Hale. Um, go look it up. Read about it. Read about the lawsuit. Read about what they found in the manifesto. I'm not going to share it till it's legally released because I think it's wrong to release things that um, have not been, because number one, it's only by private sources that this, that what has been released from Aiden Hill. Sure. Uh, And so we need it to be verified from the police. We do. We we want to absolutely. Yeah. And, and I want us to be working as partners with the police, not adversaries in this kind of a situation because it doesn't help anybody to work against them. It really doesn't. Not at all. The police want to release this manifesto. They are being stopped by a judge because Mm -hmm. of this lawsuit. And I want you to go read about it, learn about this lawsuit, and see why maybe this is really problematic that this information isn't released. We need to know what led Aiden to this point. Mm -hmm. Because there are a lot of red flags in their past that indicate to me that these are things that our communities need to know. Mm-hmm. if we are to stop these things from happening. Definitely. Yeah. So that's, that's my soapbox. I'll get off okay. of it because we're not, uh, we're not I, here to do a super long uh, <laughs> show on, on this case, but I did just want you to know that that's what's mm-hmm. going on. Go read up. You can see, you know, you can read up on the pages that were released. I, I want to know what your opinion is. I do. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I'm very tired of these things being kept in the dark from mm-hmm. the public. And that's what true crime does, is yeah. it shines the light on things that have been kept secret. Mm-hmm. And secrets do nothing but destroy our, destroy us as people and as mm-hmm. a society. we got to stop with the secrets. Secrets keep us sick. Yep. They do. 
All right. And with that, Katie, you've got some serial killer news for us. I do. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I don't know if she was initially classified as a serial killer, but I'm officially doing it. Uh We've already covered this person once. This is Heather Presidy. Heather Presidy was a nurse in Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. And earlier this year, she was charged with uh, a few different, well, two murders and an attempted murder. And... Because she uh, apparently uh, was killing people at their nursing homes and care facilities. Mm-hmm. And at the time when we covered Heather, uh, we had said, where does this lead? Where else has she worked? Right. What else are you going to find? Because what we're finding, of course, is that when people live in nursing homes, a lot of people go to nursing homes essentially to die. And so... Right. When people die in a nursing home, that's not usually suspicious. That typically is like, okay, well, understood, you know. But Heather just had a really high rate of people dying. She worked at a whole bunch of different facilities. And basically, we're finding that she was killing people in all of them. Uh, wasn't it insulin? Mostly it was insulin or air embolisms. Yeah. She was usually on the night shift, like the overnight shift, and was in charge of giving people insulin. She was giving all kinds of people insulin, particularly people who didn't require insulin. Right. Which and apparently part is easily fatal. Night, yeah. If someone hadn't passed, she would give them more insulin. Or an air embolism to try to get them to die before shift change. Because if the shift changed, then we had an ailing person, then the next person might, uh, you know, call the or call the ambulance. And then maybe there would be some blood work that would uh, indicate that she had done something incorrectly. Right. Well, authorities are now holding her uh, responsible for trying to kill 19 patients in her care. God. Yeah. So the charges, the new charges include two counts of first degree murder, 17 counts of attempted murder, and 19 counts of a neg- neglect of a care dependent person. Mm. One of the facilities that she worked at, Bel Air Healthcare and Rehabilitation Center, uh, is now reporting that they had multiple employees make complaints to management that they believed that Heather Presty was killing people. Oh my God. And they said there was no identifiable evidence uncovered to support those claims. 
except for that people were dying at a way higher rate. Uh, and did they actually look for any evidence? I mean, did they do any autopsies? I mean, come on. It's hard to imagine that they did. Yeah. It's hard to imagine that they did. And of course, they, uh, Bel Air did a small investigation, basically just determined that uh, she was okay. She didn't do anything wrong. She could work. And then she just started transferring over to other agencies. The thing is, nursing homes are typically desperate for nurses. And anybody who's willing to pick up a few shifts are probably going to get their foot in the door as long as they're qualified to be there, which Heather was. Right. And so she was just uh, kind of bouncing around, knocking people off at various uh, agencies. And partly, this is not the only case that's like that. No, where not she at just all. sort of gets fobbed off to somebody else, you know, mm -hmm. rather than actual reporting yeah. being done. Yeah. Man. So a lot of what's coming out now is because of her own admissions. She is fully cooperating with the police and telling them all kinds of shit. Now, Belair made a, comment, a, a statement. While we cannot comment extensively about Ms. Bowers, this is one of the people that uh, was killed, uh, her residency at Belair, or so, due to privacy laws and pending litigation, our top priority is always to ensure the safety and well-being of our residents and to employ qualified and caring staff to deliver our care the residents deserve. Bel Air, shut the fuck up. Fuck you guys out. had a serial killer working for you. And your staff told you that you had a serial killer working for you. And you didn't do anything. And then she moved on to kill a whole bunch more people and injure a whole bunch more people. Nobody wants to hear it. Nobody wants your stupid statement. Put it no. away. At this point, are you kidding me? Right. It's just unbelievable. What could possibly be? That's just such a cover your ass answer. Yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. Oh, totally. Oh, and well, and they went on to say some things about how we have stringent hiring uh, regulations in place and shut up. You obviously do, you do not. Yeah. Maybe yeah. you do now, but uh, mm -hmm. this happened on your watch. And then. Mm -hmm. Because of your negligence, she went on and killed a bunch of other people. So let's not. Let's just not right now with your happy little statement. Nobody needs it. So at any mm. rate, we'll be keeping an eye on this one for sure. Uh, this will be, I guess, bouncing through the courts. I'm not so sure that she's not just going to be pleading guilty. We'll find out. But uh, Well, where she's singing now, she, maybe she will be. I don't know. Maybe she will. Who knows? Uh, initially, there had been some... Uh, talk when this all first came out that she was you know kind of an angel of mercy or saw herself as an angel of mercy you know that was just taking people out that were just suffering and she just didn't want them to have to suffer anymore and well heather that's not your decision also yeah. uh no that's mm -hmm. just not nobody has the right to take other people's lives out of mercy and compassion Unless that is very specifically your role in a state that allows it, and that person has uh, signed off on it. This isn't what that is. This right. was just murder. Just murder. Wow. I can only imagine how the families of anybody who has died at any of the nursing homes she worked at, and there was a handful of them, uh, is feeling right now. 
right. about wondering if uh, that was actually true or not. The one family, uh, Marianne Bowers, they said that they were initially told that their uh, loved one, that she died from uh, a respiratory thing. And then they came back later and said, no, actually, she was injected with a whole bunch of insulin. Yeah. Wow. She didn't need to die. These are innocent, very vulnerable people. It's just, it's horrifying to see something like this happen. And the scary part is, if this one's coming out this publicly, how many more are there that are actively working right now? No, it's just like all the people that Billy Shamir killed. Again, right. they were elderly people and people didn't take their death seriously or, or look at mm-hmm. them as anything other than natural causes because they were old. And in this case, elderly or infirm people that uh, are in a care facility and were not looking their own right direction. The mercy it, it's whoever. Unbelievable. So anyway, sending so much love out to all of the victims' families. I can't even imagine. Yeah. Uh, also, Heather Presidy's family, because they're probably just as devastated over all of this and horrified so. over everything that's happened. Yeah, so yeah. awful. Yeah. Very. So, with that, I am going to turn the uh, mic back to you for some WTF news. Oh, boy, are you. Well, friends, this is just a show of rage. Remember this guy is Robert Cremo. So if you remember Robert Cremo III, this guy's son, uh, he is the Highland Park shooter. We've covered this case quite a bit. He uh, shot up a 4th of July parade in 2022. And after he was arrested, a lot of things came to light. There had been an incident where Robert had threatened his parents and grandparents, he was going to kill everybody. The police came, they took like 16 knives off from him. They didn't arrest him though. No. They just left him in the care of the loved ones he was going to murder. And only a few months later, he shot up a parade. Well, what we know now is that after that incident occurred, when the police took all of those knives from him, he wanted to buy some guns he was under 21 and in the state that he lived he could not do that alone without the signature of a parent so this jackass his dad robert cremo signed off on him yeah vouch for this guy buy the guns that he then shot up highland park Mm -hmm. so cremo has been facing some charges over this. Uh, This has been working its way through the courts. This is an Illinois case, if you're not familiar. And Robert Cremo uh, Jr., who is Cremo III's father, has now worked out a plea deal. And this plea deal is going to piss you off because it infuriated me and Katie this morning. I can't fucking believe this. He has agreed to plead guilty to seven counts of misdemeanor reckless conduct for helping his son obtain a license to own firearms before the shooting. Seven misdemeanors Uh for the deaths of innocent human beings that he helped to facilitate. 
under the terms of his agreement, he will serve 60 days in jail. Yep. Two years probation and 100 hours of public service. Uh-huh. And it doesn't get be a better sweetheart deal than that. Yeah. Oh, and this wasn't in 22. This was in 2019. Sorry. There are just so many shootings. It's hard to keep track. Uh-huh. Prosecutors said that Primo Jr. ignored obvious signs that his son, Primo III, was capable of violence. As we know, the family, you know, he threatened to kill the family. The police came, did Uh nothing but take his dumbass guns. And, oh, I'm sorry, the shooting was in 22. The shooting was in 22. The incident with the family was in 2019. Okay, that tracks for me. I was a little confused there. a lot of dates to keep track of. But he climbed, if you remember, Robert Cremo III bought weapons with a permit that his dad signed off on, including a high-powered rifle. And then on the 4th of July, 2022, he climbed onto the roof of a building in downtown Highland Park, Illinois, and opened fire on the parade, killing seven people and wounding many others. Yeah. He is still in jail awaiting his trial. But dad, who made it all possible, gets 60 days. Yeah. Well, who knew full well that this boy was dangerous. That Mm. full well that... The videos. Oh, the the music videos. Music videos. Oh, they're so horrible. This kid was like a SoundCloud rapper. And he had music videos of himself acting out school shootings if they were paying any attention to him at all they knew how terrifying this kid was right at all i mean he planned to kill his own family and they called the police about it and the police didn't do shit oh they just took his weapons told the family to get him some help Mm -hmm. bullshit i'm so fucking tired of stories like this none of this had to happen that moment was the moment yep. when we need to be able to step in with significant intervention for protection of the public. Uh-huh. Because what's happening right now is nobody is safe. We are not protected anywhere. No. And that kid should have never, upon ever, been allowed to purchase a gun. Ever. No. But you know what? They didn't charge him. So he didn't even have a criminal record. Because of course not. Why would you want to, you know, I don't know, protect future people from this guy? It just makes me so fucking mad. But honestly, I wanted dad to get way more time than this. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we've been co- uh, covering Ethan Crumbly and his parents. Mm-hmm. And his parents are still sitting in jail awaiting their trials on four counts of involuntary manslaughter for the murders that he committed for with the gun they purchased for him. And yeah. knew full well he was a mess and needed help and didn't give it. We're starting to see some movement in the right direction, but Robert Cremo Jr. should get a hell of a lot more than 60 days Indeed. for that, the deaths of seven people. Yep. So, as you can tell, I am spicy today. I am <laughs> pissed. I am sick of this shit. <laughs> I have had it with all of this shit happening. Yeah. And with that, Katie, I'm going to send it back to you for a crime news update. Yeah. All right. We talked about this case a few months ago, uh, and just last week, one of our dear listeners uh, let us know that there had been some changes, and so here we are. I uh, appreciate you guys, by the way, especially those of you that are in other countries that can 
QS into stuff that we might not have seen in our news. So thank you for, sure. for the heads up. This is Aaron Patterson. Aaron Patterson, a few months ago, had hosted a luncheon for her estranged husband's parents and aunt and uncle. And she served Beef Wellington. Well, the day after the luncheon, by the day after the luncheon, all four of these uh, elderly people were in the hospital. And within a day, three of them had died. Uh, one of them did eventually recover, but it took months. And initially, their symptoms seemed to be from poisonous mushrooms. Now she had served beef wellington, which supposedly had mushrooms in it. She said she bought the mushrooms both from a local grocery store and from an Asian grocery store. And was on she just she can't believe this happened and she feels horrible and she loved all of these people and now they're gone and how could this be and all why the while this happened uh, in australia sorry i should have made that clear but uh she, all the while this uh the police are going okay this just does not track well one of her neighbors said uh heads up bitch she is uh, a well-known mushroom forager. Really? Oh, of course she is. Really? So people knew. People knew. Yeah. Cool. Got it. Understood. People knew. Okay. So mm. people knew that she, she knew that she knew, you know. Well, yeah, if you're a mushroom forager, then you know damn well what's poisonous and what isn't. Yeah, she she knew exactly what a death cap mushroom looks like. Death cap mushrooms make up something like 80% of uh, mushroom poisonings. Right. This is not uh, rocket science at all. She knew exactly what she was doing. So, at any rate, Erin uh, has finally now been charged interestingly she wasn't just charged with uh these deaths though that would be enough she was charged with three counts of murder and five counts of attempted murder why five counts of attempted murder you ask well three of them relate to her husband when they were still living together uh back that go back a year or two of Ooh, times God. when she fed him and he became deathly ill yeah. Oh, what the hell? Well, and she faked some symptoms of her own. She, she did. said she'd yep. been really sick, mm -hmm. but never went to the hospital. Liar. She also claimed that she fed them to her children as well, but that she had scraped the mushrooms off because they don't like mushrooms. Sure, you did. Yeah, right. Sure, Erin, I'm just sure that's true. She and her husband were estranged and uh she claims it was amicable. Other people say, uh, no, the hell it was not. Uh, supposedly, this was a reconciliation luncheon for her with his family for the sake of their children. The children were not at the luncheon. They had been taken to the movies, apparently. But uh, no, apparently, Aaron, it was just so you could kill everybody. My God. That is horrifying. Yeah. So scary. Mm -hmm. Ugh. So... 
you know, anyway, I hate mushrooms geez. and I'm glad I do. This, right. this makes me grateful that I don't eat them. I what the like hell them. is this? Yeah. yeah. So there you go. There you have it. So, um, obviously Aaron have the, uh, the day you deserve. I hope the jail sucks and yeah. <laughs> we'll definitely keep Who following knows? this one. Maybe they'll serve you some cream of mushroom soup in there, Aaron. Oh, Aaron. Oh boy. Uh, also, I want to say that the, uh, the grocery store, particularly the Asian grocery store was like, whoa. Right. Way to implicate completely innocent people in this. What the yeah. Hell? Don't bring us into this. We haven't had any issues in the authorities. It was actually one of the reasons the authorities were like, nah, this is really sus because both the grocery store and, and the Asian grocery store both went, well, we haven't had any complaints or issues and law enforcement said, neither have we. You would think if you would think, but he was actually didn't just have special ones in the back just for her. Like, come mm -hmm. on, that uh, more than just her family would get ill. And also being uh, an experienced mushroomer and forager, you'd think that uh, she would have recognized a, a death cap when she saw one. Yeah, definitely. So we'll keep following that one and uh, yeah, keep you abreast of what's going on with it. But in the meantime, Christy, I'm going to turn you over to some oh, Idaho. Yeah. We have some sad news coming out of Idaho. Yeah. This is Christopher Tapp. And you've heard us talk about Christopher Tapp in the past. Christopher Tapp was wrongly convicted of the murder of Angie Dodge. And he did 21, 22 years in prison uh -huh. for her murder uh, and was convicted on a, a coerced confession. It was a huge deal here, has been a huge deal. Uh -huh. And he was eventually released early from prison after um, a lot of advocates came forward for him. But, you know, he still lost 20 years. Yeah. Um, Last year, his wife was killed in a car accident. I remember seeing it and thinking that was so sad. We talked about it on the show. Oh, about it's only three months was. ago. I thought it was last yeah. year. No, she, she only died three months ago. Yeah, this just he's happened. Just, he's had such a challenging life. The wrongful conviction for this was in 1997 for the rape and murder of Angie Dodge. Um. He was released from prison in 2017, but wasn't exonerated until 2019 when police actually caught the guy who did it, Brian Drips, who has now pled guilty yeah. to her murder, to her rape and murder. But it, here's what the family says. This is, it's, I think there's a lot of information we don't know. Um, family, The family spokesperson said, he suffered an accident that resulted in a head injury and he passed away peacefully at a hospital in Las Vegas. And he was only 47 years old. Wow. It's a hell of a lot of tragedy for one lifetime. Uh -huh. And, you know, we just want to send our love to Chris's family and friends, to Angie yeah. Dodge's family and friends. Angie Dodge's mother fought for him never yeah. believed that he was that he had done this yeah this was some corrupt police police here in idaho falls oh. that put him in prison for that to begin with and it's just it's very sad to me that it's just like chris tap never had a chance in hell yep. even even after 
finally being exonerated and, and getting a settlement from the state of Idaho and still lost his wife and then his own life at 47. It's just, it's really heartbreaking. It's just wildly so, unfair. Why is it that it some is. people just don't seem to have a snowball's chance in hell? Right. And Chris's poor family, my God, they've been down the road with him in every way. Oh, Can you imagine? I mean, everything they've been through and now to lose him. I just, my heart just. His mother fought tirelessly to get yeah. him out of prison. Mm -hmm. Along uh, with Angie Dodge's mother. Uh, alongside Carol Dodge, Angie Dodge's yeah. mom. Yeah. Everyone knew he was not guilty. I will say this. I'm glad that the world does know he was innocent. Absolutely. Before he went to his grave. But it's just sad. It's 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 just a heartbreaking loss, I think, in this community. It is. It is so sure. all our love to the Tap family, the Dodge family, and everybody else affected by this loss. Absolutely. Yep. And that, my friends, is our true crime roundup. It's been yeah. a hell of a Monday, I would say. That's a big roundup. That is a big roundup. We'll be back on Tuesday and Wednesday with more episodes. We'll be back with our live stream case updates Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Mountain on YouTube and on our Facebook page. Mm -hmm. Just a quick reminder, we just released our merch, guys. We did. I don't know if you've noticed, but I've been drinking out of my, quite frankly, Judge, it's voluminous mug. That's if right. you know, you know. This mm -hmm. is, of course, in homage to uh, the virus <laughs> of the word voluminous that has been through the Lori Vallow and is now extending <laughs> into the Chad Daybell trial. Mm -hmm. Also, I am a big fan of saying that John Pryor, Chad Daybell's attorney, is a real pearl clutcher. And so we did include John Pryor's little uh, string of pearls there on this cup. So it is available uh, along with T-shirts, sweatshirts, and tumblers. Mm-hmm. So uh, just go to truecrimesquad.com and you can click right there to check out our merch. It helps support us. And if yep. you love what we do and you like, you know, we have some pretty famous catchphrases these days. Of course, mm -hmm. voluminous being one of them. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait for you to see my shirt that says, uh, what does it say? The the original resting toad face. Right, resting toad face. Yeah. Y'all know resting toad face. I still mm -hmm. think we need a golden vagina one. We just have to figure out how to do it. I know. I've sat in front of my computer for Right? I've sat in front of my computer for a long moment staring at a screen trying to decide, how do I design a golden vagina? I, I don't know. I don't know. Ideas are welcome. Please, yes. If you have ideas, let us know. Yeah. But as always, thank you for being here with us. Please stay tuned this week. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share, comment, and leave us a review over on Apple or wherever else you can leave us reviews. Um, it's all much appreciated and supports us in what we do. We Absolutely. appreciate you all very much. We love what we do. And we will be back shortly with probably a lot more outrage. <laughs> <laughs> you know it. We are the True Crime Squad. Thanks for being here. Take care. Thank you.